Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Art of Leveling Up, the podcast where we discuss how to excel in every aspect of our lives from a science-based perspective. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Art of Leveling Up. Today, we're going to be talking about mind traps or thinking traps, scientifically known as cognitive distortions. I'm going to talk a little bit about the biological and psychological mechanisms of cognition and how cognitive distortions develop. I'm going to introduce 10 different cognitive distortions and their negative effects. Finally, I will dive into proven strategies to help you manage these cognitive distortions so that you can get out of your head and experience life as it is. So let's dive right into it, shall we? Cognitive distortions, thinking traps, and mind traps are synonymous. First introduced by Dr. Aaron Beck in 1963, they were defined as unhelpful thinking patterns that skew our view of reality. To better understand cognitive distortions and how they develop in the mind, it's first important to understand what cognition is. Cognition is defined as the knowledge and thoughts people engage in to explain others, themselves, and situations. Going through this cognitive process affects a person's feelings and behaviors. The way we humans perceive a situation depends on how their past experience shaped their feelings and thoughts on a specific event. This is how cognition develops. Let's see how this works from a biological perspective. The nervous system is processing tons of information all the time. The brain takes information and what someone is sensing as input or stimuli. The brain goes through an automatic process called a reflex action to process these external stimuli. Involuntarily, the brain filters these stimuli into emotions and memories, which result in thoughts. The thoughts then become behaviors. So basically, we humans interact with the environment, which makes us feel and think a certain way depending on the emotions and memories we have learned over time. Simply put, this is how cognition is developed from a biological perspective. Let's take a look at an example. Tim is walking by and sees a child about to fall. He experiences emotions of shock and worry. He is also reminded about times his own son has fallen and how hurt he was after. He quickly acts and prevents the child from falling on the ground. Here, Tim's reflex action, which was preventing the child from tripping, took over and he acted due to the emotions, memories, and thoughts he experienced from the external stimuli, which was seeing the child about to trip. Now, to understand how cognition is developed, psychologists have proposed various theories. The first theory of cognitive development was first introduced by Swiss psychologist Jean Piaget, where he suggested that cognition is developed in children through four stages that span from birth to adulthood. During these stages, children build their knowledge of their surroundings, which develop their cognition. There have been many other theories that have been proposed in the realm of cognitive development, However, there is one theory that was proposed that sheds light on why cognitive distortions develop in the first place. The personal construct theory proposed by George Kelly in 1955 was introduced to explain the development of cognition. He suggested that humans try to understand the world through schemas, which are patterns of thinking and behaviors, and constructs, which are internal states of the mind or someone's usual way of thinking and behaving. All right. Now that we are familiar with the biological mechanisms of cognition and understand theories related to the development of cognition, I think we are all well equipped to understand cognitive distortions and why they develop in the first place. Cognitive distortions were first introduced in 1963 by psychiatrist Dr. Beck. Despite its intimidating name, Beck suggested that they are entirely normal. Cognitive distortions become a problem when we are persistently engaging in them. As mentioned before, cognitive distortions are basically unhelpful thinking patterns that distort the way we see the world. These cognitive distortions, or mind traps, occur automatically as they are a result of the reflex action I mentioned previously. 
When the brain is exposed to stimuli, it will automatically react to it. When our automatic thoughts are not based off reason, we run into cognitive distortions. These cognitive distortions are based off constructs. Again, constructs are someone's internal states of mind or someone's usual way of thinking and behaving. When these constructs are irrational and ingrained in our belief system, we get mind traps. According to Beck, alongside being irrational, these mind traps must also view reality in an unrealistic way, cause one to feel negatively and impair functioning behavior, and finally, these mind traps force us to maintain our negative emotions. Now the question is, why do these cognitive distortions develop in the first place? How do our automatic thoughts become irrational and distort our view of reality? Some causes for the development of cognitive distortions include 1. The brain's tendency to take shortcuts 2. The fact that the brain is wired for survival and not accuracy and 3. It could be a response to adversity at a young age. Let's begin with our brain wanting to take shortcuts. The brain is wired to take the path of least resistance. The brain will try to use the least amount of energy. This function of the brain can cause processing of external stimuli through unreasonable thoughts and behaviors, as it is done automatically and without much effort. This explains the brain's tendency to fall into mind traps. Another cause for cognitive distortions is observed through an evolutionary perspective. The brain is wired to survive, thus it will automatically think of emotions and thoughts that will help us survive. For the brain, accuracy comes second to survival, which from time to time can result in irrational thinking. Finally, mind traps may develop due to adversity and conflicts observed during childhood. Children make maladjustments in thinking to survive tough life events. These maladjustments then become automatic and sometimes persistent critical thinking errors that manifest as mind traps. Let's take an example, shall we? Maria has experienced abuse and neglect while growing up. She developed beliefs, I am unlovable and people are out to get me. These automatic thoughts were adapted to help her survive in the abusive environment. However, now as an adult, the automatic thoughts are still there even when the threat is gone. This is how adversity at a young age can cause the development of irrational thinking. Now, I've given quite an introduction about these mind traps, but what exactly are they and how do they look in the mind? That, along with the negative effects of cognitive distortions, is what we will look into in the next chapter. As mentioned previously, mind traps were first introduced by Dr. Aaron Beck. However, many psychologists continued with his work. In the 1980s, psychiatrist Dr. David Burns introduced 10 cognitive distortions. During this chapter of the episode, I will be presenting these 10 cognitive distortions, their consequences, and examples of how they look in the mind. When going through these cognitive distortions, notice how the stimulus generates unhealthy automatic thoughts in the person. Let's start with cognitive distortion number one, jumping to conclusions. A person who jumps to conclusions interprets things negatively without any facts to back up their negative interpretation. This distortion is broken down into two categories. Category number one is mind reading. Mind reading occurs when a person assumes they know how someone is feeling or thinking. The consequences of mind reading include being overly watchful of social cues that might harm a somewhat fragile self-esteem and more arguments with others because of misunderstandings. Here is an example of mind reading. My coworker did not engage in small talk with me. She probably hates me. Category number two is fortune telling. Fortune telling occurs when someone tries to predict the future and assumes that everything will turn out badly. The consequences of fortune telling include feelings of hopelessness and despair and less likelihood to try new things. 
An example of fortune telling may look something like this. I know I'll mess up the speech I need to give at the wedding tomorrow. Cognitive distortion number two is known as all or nothing thinking. All or nothing thinking occurs when someone only sees the extremes of a situation. The consequences of all or nothing thinking include perfectionism, selectively ignoring the good, and selective attention to the bad. An example of all or nothing thinking might look something like this. I'm supposed to be on a diet, but I just had a candy bar. I've completely blown my diet. I can't do anything right. Cognitive distortion number three is emotional reasoning. Emotional reasoning occurs when we think that negative emotions reflect how things truly are. The consequences of emotional reasoning include misunderstandings, lack of motivation, downward spiral of negative feelings, and poor decision making. An example of emotional reasoning might look something like this. I feel anxious. I think something bad is going to happen. Cognitive distortion number four is called labeling. Labeling is when we attach negative labels to ourselves. The consequences of labeling include negative effects on relationships and the lowering of self-esteem and confidence. An example of labeling might look something like this. I failed my test. I am so stupid. I am a failure. Cognitive distortion number five is known as mental filtering. Mental filtering is when we only filter out and hyper-focus on the negative details of a situation, completely ignoring the positive. The consequences of mental filtering include relationship problems, self-defeating thoughts, and high levels of anxiety, depression, and panic. Most of the reviews on my book are positive, but there's this one negative review that's really bothering me. My book must be really bad. Cognitive distortion number six is overgeneralization. This occurs when we make broad generalizations about something given only a small pool of evidence. The consequences of overgeneralization include believing in the worst outcomes, low or no goal ambition, living a restricted life, and creating self-fulfilling prophecies. An example of overgeneralization looks something like this. During my interview, the interviewer looked at my resume with a frown. I think she doesn't like what she sees. I have no chance at this position. Cognitive distortion number seven is personalization and blame. During personalization and blame, we hold ourselves accountable for something that may not be our responsibility or in our control. The consequences of personalization and blame include feelings of jealousy and not measuring up and nervousness about being found out, something like imposter syndrome. An example of personalization and blame looks something like this. My daughter's teacher sent me an email explaining how she was misbehaving in class. This is my fault. I am such a bad mother. Cognitive distortion number eight is the should statement. When someone uses this cognitive distortion, they use these should statements to rigidly stick to their principles and values. The consequences of should statements include constant pressure on yourself and others and feeling like you're not measuring up. Here's an example of this cognitive distortion at work. Beth really is regulating her study habits by using should statements. I should get up early to study. I should do all my homework in one setting. I should be more efficient with my homework. She breaks one of these should statements and loses confidence in her academic abilities. Cognitive distortion number nine is disqualifying the positive. When using this cognitive distortion, someone shifts a positive or neutral situation into a negative one. The consequences of disqualifying the positives include acting rashly and inaccurate and unbalanced views of the world, others, and ourselves. An example of disqualifying the positives might look something like this. My friend from work said she loved my makeup today. She's probably just saying that to be nice. The final cognitive distortion that I will present in this episode is magnification and minimization. 
When we magnify and minimize ourselves, a person, or situation, we ignore its strengths and exaggerate its weaknesses. The consequences of engaging in magnification and minimization include a skewed self-esteem, less motivation for personal growth, and increased anxiety and stress. An example of magnification and minimization at play looks something like this. My friend said that her coworker was attacking her for missing an important deadline, but in reality, the coworker only made a displeased expression. As you can see, the consequences of these cognitive distortions are widespread. However, we can generally say that these cognitive distortions share some negative effects. In the short term, these negative effects include a fragile and low self-esteem, increased day-to-day stress, relationship and trust issues, paranoia, low or no ambition, harsh judgment of others and self, nervousness about being found out, or imposter syndrome, and finally, feelings of hopelessness, fear, unease, and jealousy. So now we are very familiar with some specific mind traps and their consequences. Since mind traps alter the way we think negatively, it also negatively affects the way we behave. Thus, it is very important for us to manage these cognitive distortions, which we will be discussing in the next chapter. Managing our mind traps is a crucial step to help us start to see the world as it is. By controlling our mind traps, we can manage our negative emotions, feelings, and as a result, behaviors. In this chapter of the episode, I'll be diving into proven strategies to help you manage these mind traps. The strategies I'll be focusing on include 1. Identification of mind traps you use 2. The reframing technique 3. The self-discrediting technique 4. The countering technique And finally, five, staying aware and being compassionate. The first step to tackling these mind traps is to become aware of them. It is possible that before this episode, you knew nothing about these mind traps. Without knowing what they are and how these mind traps are manifesting in our minds, it's difficult to challenge them. Therefore, we must bring awareness to them. Go back and listen or check out the link in the show notes to become familiar with the different mind traps I mentioned previously. Your next step is to determine which ones are specifically affecting you. Really understand the definition of these mind traps and become familiar with how you use them in your life. Associate yourself with these mind traps through your own life examples so you understand exactly how they affect you. Once we have identified the mind traps we are dealing with, we can use specific techniques to help us manage them. It's important to note that to apply these techniques, you need to be diligent and completely aware of them so that you can introduce them into your daily routine. Whenever you notice yourself mind trapping, so to speak, immediately see what techniques you can apply to help manage your thinking. As I explain these upcoming techniques, I will also be applying it to an example to provide more context. Let's start with what I like to call the reframing technique. When we reframe our thoughts, we try to think of other ways we can view a situation. Mind traps can make us automatically follow a certain path of thinking. Mind traps can make us automatically follow a certain path of thinking. However, this path is flawed and unreasonable. Thus, it's important to introduce other paths of thinking that are based more on reason. Let's say I need to give a work presentation tomorrow, but I start saying things like, this presentation is going to go horribly wrong, or everyone is going to hate this presentation. To reframe the situation, I need to change this fortune-telling mind trap to phrases like, I'm prepared for this presentation as I've put a lot of work into it. Or, I've practiced really hard, I'm going to do my best. 
By introducing these phrases, I can reframe the situation. Before, I felt scared and worried about presenting at work. But after applying the reframing technique, I feel more prepared and confident for the presentation. The next technique I would like to introduce is the self-discrediting technique, or in simple terms, proving yourself wrong. The emotions and feelings that are generated from thinking traps are generated from flawed automatic thoughts. These automatic thoughts can only bother you if you believe them to be true. Proving these automatic thoughts wrong can help them lose the power they hold on us. Let's take the same situation I used when explaining the reframing technique. Again, I am feeling insecure and stressed due to the fortune telling I am engaging in regarding my work presentation. I feel as if I'm going to mess up and everyone is going to hate my presentation. I can prove myself wrong by saying things like, I gave a quarterly presentation last quarter and everyone was very happy with my work. Why wouldn't this quarter be the same? Or I could say to myself, all my colleagues were very happy with the work I've done over the course of this quarter, so I'm sure they will be happy to hear about my quarterly findings. By proving to yourself that these thoughts are irrational and not based on facts, we discredit them. Discrediting gives them less power over you as you have proven to yourself that they are not true. By proving to yourself that these thoughts are irrational and not based on facts, we discredit them. Discrediting gives them less power over you, as you have proven to yourself that they are not true. Another technique that can be applied to managing these automatic thoughts is by countering the thoughts with positive ones. Distorted thinking can result in negative, self-deprecating thinking. By changing the inner dialogue to a positive one, we can counter the effects of these mind traps so that they don't affect our behavior and mood in a negative way. Let's again take the same situation of the work meeting. I'm saying things like, everyone is going to hate this presentation, and this presentation is going to go terribly wrong. When we use this countering technique, we counter these negative thoughts with positive ones. Instead of thinking to yourself, everyone is going to hate this presentation, we instead say, everyone is going to love this presentation. By countering these negative thoughts with positive ones, we can take a situation that is causing us stress and change it to a situation that we are less anxious about. The final technique I would like to share is staying aware of the negative effects of these mind traps and showing compassion to yourself. These thoughts and feelings are not valid. By remembering this fact and being compassionate towards ourselves, it makes it easier for ourselves to continue implementing these techniques so that we don't fall victim to these mind traps. Overall, implementing these strategies in your day-to-day will help manage your mind traps by removing the negative feelings associated with engaging in these mind traps. It will also help you become more in tune with yourself and see the world for what it really is. All in all, once we become aware and start managing these mind traps, we can live a life that is true to ourselves instead of the one that's made up in our heads. Alrighty, now that is a wrap on today's episode. During today's episode, I talked about cognitive distortions and their biological and psychological workings. I introduced 10 different cognitive distortions and their general negative effects. And finally, I proposed proven strategies to help us disengage these cognitive distortions so that we can live a life more tuned into reality. If you'd like to learn more about the topics discussed in this episode today, please check out the book Self-Sabotage, Six Steps to Unlock Your True Motivation, Harness Your Willpower, and Get Out of Your Way by Dr. Judy Ho and the paper Understanding Cognitive Distortions by MD Shahnur Hossein. Both were key resources in today's episode. Thank you all again for tuning into another episode of the of leveling up. Be sure to leave a review and give us a follow on Instagram if you would like to see more content like this. See you all in the next one. 